Hey guys, we've got to that point in the show where we need to start depending on listeners like you to help keep this thing going. What are we, fucking PBS? Oh yeah, you know it. I'm LeVar Burton. I wanted to be LeVar. Fuck. All right. I caught it first. Yeah, I'm hosting we... Jeopardy. <laughs> are you though? Listen guys, we, we need your help uh, to help keep the lights on as they say. Uh, we are launching our Patreon for Masters of the Cinematic Universe. Yes. Yes. And we have uh, different tiers that you can sign up for and pledge to, just like PBS. Um, you get some different real cool gifts and prizes and merch, uh, depending on the tier that you sign up for. Oh, we got all the tiers. Oh, yeah. You Back. can either be a friend it, of the show, a oh. friend with benefits. Ooh. We just we could start to get serious, or you could just put a ring on it already. Yeah. Ooh, damn. And if you uh, if you exceed that amount, uh, you know we'll send you some not safe for work picks if, if you want. <laughs> it's not safe for your eyes picks in my case, but <laughs> not safe for anything right. picks. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, guys, check out uh, patreoncom motcu. Uh, take a look at well, all the different tiers that we're offering. Lots of cool. Uh, swag coming your way from stickers to t-shirts to getting to pick the film that we uh, talk about. Yeah. The yeah. tears started at a dollar. A dollar a month. Come on, what? folks. That's it? Yep. One buck to get in on that on that number one tier. And All with right. that, you even get the live chat with us anytime you want, as well as a shout out on every episode. Right. So, come on. That's less than a cup of coffee a month. Jesus, what a steal. Yeah, guys, right? check it out. Again, patreon.com slash M-O-T-C-U. And then enjoy this week's movie. All right, welcome back, folks. We are, uh, we're diving back into this fantastic flick. Uh, so we just left Russell and William having a great conversation about uh, what makes rock music great. And now, Stillwater's about to take the stage uh, for the first time in the movie. Um, the band has a little pre, uh, pre-stage pre ritual that they perform. Uh, they sing a little bit about piggyback rides. And uh, William gets pulled into their, uh, their little uh, pep talk circle for this version of piggyback ride. And you can tell, like, he's in his glory. Like, I, and I can, I, I can totally relate to that, like, being so excited about something and being included in something like that. Especially as a young person, um, he was in his glory. Um, so the band gets up on stage. They start playing their hit, Fever Dog, which is the, the song that William referenced to uh, sort of get the band on his side uh, when he was talking to them. Uh, so he and Penny are at the you know, side of the stage, and they're watching, and William starts to take notes. And Penny just reaches over and grabs his pencil and tosses it away, and she just looks at him and goes, listen, you know, like, that's what you should do. You, sh- you don't need to write this down. You just need to listen and feel the music. Um, so in this again theatrical version they the, the song only probably runs maybe 20 seconds but they play a lot of the song in the in the, in the uh, bootleg cut uh, we, we, we actually see them finish the song so it's pretty cool yeah I like um, that they yeah. showed a good amount of the song yeah I, I that's one thing I definitely yeah I, I appreciate it that they added back in I, I dug that and this was um, very good like music fake uh, movie shit because we've talked yes. a lot about like some yep. bad mock guitar playing, you know, in some of the other films that we've done. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, no, Billy Crudup did a great job. He he actually got lessons from Peter Frampton. <laughs> see, so oh, what, what more could you ask for? You know, when I when I see him, he like looks seventies as fuck in this. Yes, but for he some does. reason, when I see Jason Lee, he just doesn't. <laughs> well, he just look. You know what? No matter what hairstyle Jason Lee has, he looks like Jason Lee. I know. Like, it's just Jason a, Lee. You know, yeah, but and he's so he's such a cool dude. Even when he's pickle fucker, he, yeah. he looks like Jason Lee. You know, all I've seen the whole time is Brody. I'm just like, ah, oh, it's Brody. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, so, you know, they they finish the set. Uh, they're back out. You know, backstage in the hallway there. Um, Russell, he, he's really taking a liking to William, so he invites him to their show in L.A., which is going to happen in a couple of days. They're traveling up there, and uh, he asks William to relay a message to Penny. You know. Um, saying that he they you know the band <laughs> the band wants her there like last summer um you know so uh you know russell leaves and and williams he's sort of floating on air all the other band-aids are buzzing around him and they're calling him opie <laughs> which yeah. is very appropriate especially in the early 70s because you know 
the Andy Griffith show is, was a lot fresher in people's minds and, you know, his, his son Opie in that show. So, uh, but yeah, he's just floating. He's loving it. He's loving life right now. Um, so he, he bumps into to Penny and he tells her what Russell asked. Um, and then, so there's a, there's a clip there. If you could roll that. Yeah, before I roll it real, real yeah. quick, I like how he's like being like Mr. Like Cool Guy. He's like, hey, see you later, man. See you yeah. later, man. See you later, man. And she's like, chill Red the dog. fuck out. I know. <laughs> she's exactly. like, hey, hey, be cool, bro. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I did dig that. You're right. You're I, right. I like that scene. Yep. All right, but here's the clip. They call me if you need a rescue. We live in the same city. <laughs> I think I live in a different world. <laughs> Speaking of the world... I've made a decision. I'm gonna live in Morocco for one year. I need a new crowd. Do you wanna come? Yes. Yeah, yeah. You sure? Ask me again. Do you wanna come? Yes, yes. Gotta call me. Okay. It's all happening. It's all happening. It's all happening. You alright? Yeah. Yeah, great. I, I smile ear to ear every time I watch that scene, and I'm smiling ear to ear right now. I, I love it so much. I love everything about that. I love the connection between the two characters. Um, that whistling in the background that you hear is is Wilma's mom. It's Elaine. She's but all I can think the, the entire time I hear the whistling is like Omar coming. Yeah, <laughs> good point. Good point. I love that. I, I love almost that. said it while I was playing. I was like, I don't want to ruin the clip. I'm no. like, I'm like but Omar's Omar, coming. Omar's coming. Um, Yes, I just, I just, I just absolutely love it. The, the whole Morocco conversation, and, and these yeah. are two kids; they're children, and and they're connecting instantly. And I, I think it's great. Really cool piece of trivia I found about this: when she asked him, "Do you want to go to Morocco?" and he says, "Ask me again." That was that was uh, Patrick Fugit. He thought he flubbed the line, so he oh, just shit. told her to ask him again so he could answer. And Cameron Crowe loved it so much that he just left it in. Because it worked, it flowed so naturally. I, I know it's um, not our job to rewrite the script, but hey, Doug, ask me again. <laughs> <laughs> you want to go to Morocco, Joe? No, that's not that's not what she asked. Eric, ask me again. Oh God, don't put me on the spot. Do you like the Mandalorian? God damn it! Say what she said. <laughs> ask me again. What did she say? She said, "Do you want to come?" Oh, and, and I wanted to be like, "I think I just did." That's the name of her sex tape. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I if, like if this was a movie made in like the early 2000s he would have been like i think i just did <laughs> yeah yeah like if this is one of those like seth rogan super bad movies like if it's michael Sarah, like imagine michael Sarah playing oh, this character <laughs> <laughs> yep uh, but yeah that, i think he could have done it that that scene man like that's a movie magic right there especially knowing that little bit of trivia yeah yeah like, the serendipity like it was just yes. fucking perfect man exactly um yeah i mean we could we could i could talk about it but you know for a long time because i love it so much but yeah it, it's it's one of my favorite scenes in the movie again it makes me smile ear to ear just listening to it even not even seeing it so um so we now transition to william back at home in the weirdest fucking scene that wasn't in the theatrical cut and should have been in any cut that i've ever seen <laughs> it's just so awkward he's in his room and he's typing up the story to to give to lester and through the window you know comes anita's ex daryl <laughs> yeah I'm like what the fuck is going like, on here what the fuck is going on here exactly because again i hadn't i'd seen this maybe once you know and i'm like what is this shit and he comes <laughs> he just wants to be in the room and he can't help but brag about how he banged William's sister in this room so many times. And what? And, what? Um, it might just be because I'm fresh off rewatching all of Modern Family, but for some reason it reminded me of Dylan, like uh, Haley's boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Exactly, because you're right. He's not the brightest bulb in the pack, and it's just a, it's just a weird, weird scene. And, and here's what here's what bothered me about that scene is when he tells him like, "Hey, man, just keep doing what you're doing." Yes. He's laying on the bed and he starts stroking like the spot yes. next to him on the mattress. Yes. And he does like this kind of like hammer hand motion as if <laughs> now to me I might be taking this way too far, but it's such an odd thing to do. And he's kind of smirking to himself, and it, it felt like he was reliving. He was just yes. talking about, you know. Oh, yeah. Felt like, yeah, this is the spot she was sitting when she, right. you know, jacked oh, me He was getting he's like, chubby. He he's was like, I hope you flip this just, mattress over. Exactly. <laughs> it's a, it was, it's awful. It's just, like, completely unnecessary on every, every level. I just didn't appreciate that scene. Yeah. Don't turn that um, black light on, man, because, ooh. <laughs> it's like a fucking uh, Picasso <laughs> up in here. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Or a Jackson um, Pollock. <laughs> <laughs> so uh we, we the next scene we come to is you know william has decided to take russell up on his offer to go to la um he knows he can't tell his mom so he convinces her he's going to a dance and uh yeah. she's just thrilled that he's making friends she gives him money <laughs> takes a bad tells a bad joke about giving you know pay is what i owe you something or something your father told the joke Some better shit her dad's yeah yeah and but it it has one of the great comic lines you know exchanges two line exchanges in this whole movie where you know Elaine looks at him and goes call me if anyone gets drunk and he looks at his mom and goes I'll call you if anyone anywhere gets drunk yeah, I like that. <laughs> and I just love the way he says it you know she even comments oh humor I like it you know yeah. um, so he's made arrangements and uh, you know the next scene we see he's in the car with Penny because they live in the same city we know that uh, so she's driving him to L A because she can drive. Um, they have a conversation about Russell. Um, it's funny because William is asking questions, trying to size up his competition, so to speak, I would think at this point. And, and we can see that Penny is sensitive about the topic in general. Um, so it's just kind of an awkward, quick conversation. Um, they arrive at what's affectionately known as the Riot House. It's the, the Hyatt House in L.A. Um, they get it to the, the hotel lobby, and this is also an extended scene in this version where – Penny knows everybody. <laughs> like they spend five minutes walking through the lobby, and she's saying hello to everybody. We see Peter Frampton for the first time uh, as Reg. I believe he's the manager of Humble Pie. I think so. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, you know, and and a bunch of other people that know her. Uh, you know, know Penny. So she's saying hi to everybody. Um, this just looks like a fucking fun place to be. Oh yeah, that time, that period of time in history, in that environment, <laughs> it had to be like the best time. You know? Yeah, I know, like, um, Eric's always jealous that you got to see fucking Star Wars in the movie theater, <laughs> but I'm jealous you got to fucking see this in real life. No, I know. I was a few years later, to be honest, but not many years later. I mean, so, yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, yeah. you know, um, so it's cool. So, they, you know, they go in the elevator, they head upstairs, and we meet who Joe is affectionately dubbed Baby J. And it is. Oh, it's uh, We meet the character. Up. Yeah, we meet the character of Vic. Um, who is a Led Zeppelin fanatic, and he's played by Jay Baruchel, when, yeah, who they, looks like he's got to be twelve years old at the yeah, time. Yeah, he is a child in this. It's got to be one of his first roles. I didn't look it up, but he's got. It's so early on in his career, could have yeah, been his first. I mean, movie. it's got to. It's got to be like up there, dude. I'm just like, I'm like, holy shit, he's like a baby. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, they meet Vic, and he is just rambling on about Led Zeppelin. They're walking down the hall, and it's so cool because they're meeting, they're just bumping into so many different types of people, so many crazy, you know, such an eclectic bunch of humans that are in one place at one time for the sole reason of having fun, you know? And oh, my God. At Sorry. One, what? I got distracted. I just looked up his, um, his fucking IMDb to see. This is like the sixth thing he did. Wow. But he was in Are You Afraid of the Dark? What? Oh yeah, well that show. was a Canadian show. Of course he was. He was in four episodes. Of that I'm not gonna. Yeah, I that was a Canadian. That was a Canadian show. So yeah. yes, that makes total sense. Oh my yeah. god, I didn't. I'm surprised he that. wasn't. And you can't do that on television. Oh yeah, with Alanis Morissette. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, so really cool little scene here. So as they're walking down the hall, William stops. He gets he gets uh, caught up in in a couple of people, a guy and a girl in a room singing a song, a really beautiful song. Um, the song is called Small Town Blues. Small Town Blues. It was written for the movie by uh, Pete Droge, who, who's a blues, you know, musician. And it's, it's him. It's this guy, Pete Droge. And um, I'm looking it up here. So uh, Elaine Summers. All right. And the, it was put in the movie because um, Cameron Crowe 
it, it's basically an homage and a tribute to Grant Parsons and Emmylou Harris, who he worked with a lot when he was young. And they had done some duets and such that he found absolutely beautiful. So he asked Pete Droge to, to write a song. He didn't want to use anything that they did. Um, and you only see a, a small snippet of it, but you can see that William is completely enthralled by this song. And um, I recommend that people go on YouTube and look it up. It's called Small Time Blues. There's a full two-and-a-half, three-minute version of the song with the two of them just facing each other, just like in the movie, singing it to each other. And yeah. it's a beautiful song. It really is a, a, a great song and, and beautifully done. So um, that's why that's in the movie. So I wish that still existed, too. You can't just sit there and play guitar to a girl anymore and have her, like, get all about it now. <laughs> like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, this doesn't exist anymore. Like, nowadays, like, they're not impressed by that shit. <laughs> like, no, it depends, man. You hang like, up the right I girls. I don't practice Santa Well, no, that's no true. I mean, yes, ball. you'd have to write a song like Small Time Blues. I don't know why that right? song came to mind, but for some reason, that's the song that every dude picks up an acoustic guitar and starts playing. Yeah, I know. I know. Or uh, exactly. Time of Your Life, Green Day. Uh, I hate that song. Or Hey There, Delilah. Hey There, Delilah. That's another go-to. Yeah. See, my go-to song, if I'm going to pick up an acoustic guitar and try to, like, you know, you know, set the mood is going to be fucking hands down by dashboard. Oh, but then you gotta you gotta do like some weird tuning, man. You gotta be like, no, nah, it's, it's it, it, no, it's it's straight up open tuning E. What? It's so easy. It's the fucking. It's just all open chording. You just leave the E B the the low E and the high B and E strings open, and you play the rest of the chords on the three middle strings. Mm. It's one of the easiest song. Well, it's not it's not really easy, but it's easy enough to make sound awesome. Okay. Open I, tuning, open. Oh God! Like, I, open E plane will like change your life. I'm just telling you right now. Almost all dashboard stuff is open E, e tuning. I thought it was like no. Dadgad. Like his stuff was super. It some songs are, but not not hands down. Hands down, super fucking easy to play. Now he might be tuned down like to E flat or D, but it's still standard tuning. It's just it, he would maybe tune the guitar down for the key he's in singing. But like I always play it in E, and no problems with standard tuning. Well, I'm going to have to have you serenade me, brother. Oh, I will sing it right to your face yeah. and stare directly in your eyes. And hands down, it's the best date that I can ever remember. I'll oh always remember. All right, listen, when I come in August, this needs to happen. We'll do oh, like, yeah. we'll, Let's fucking film it. We'll do it. I need, fucking, to look uh, right in your, I need to look right in your eyes and watch you sing that to him. We'll do the, the sound harmonies. of the stereo, the dim of the soft lights, the scent of your hair that you twirled in your fingers, and the time <laughs> on the clock when we realize it's so late, and the bond that we shared forever. And you knew. I fucking love yep. it. And I, I knew. It. And I kissed you, know? you like I meant it. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love that song. I don't know what it... Cause that's like the only happy song he ever wrote. <laughs> wow. The song's depressing as fuck. Every other song's about how he thinks about like some chick cheated on him or how like he's wondering what she's doing and she's making out with someone else. Yeah, that's one That's one more happy song than The Cure ever wrote. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, all right. So, yeah. So, they, they, they make it down into Stillwater's room. Um, Penny makes a grand entrance into the room. She does her famous stewardess speech, you know, about, you know, trays and tables in the upright position and extinguish all smoking materials, blah, blah, blah. Um, it's pretty adorable from Kate Hudson. Yeah. Um, Palexia, uh, played by Anna Paquin, mm. she narrates this whole flirting, this whole dance, this flirt dance that Russell and Penny do. She narrates it to William, which yeah, is... Yeah, she's like rubbing it in, too. He's absolutely crushing him, but yeah. we... We find out later, and this is an extended uh, scene for this version of the movie, way later, I'll talk about it, uh, that there may be an ulterior motive to Plexia trying to get William off oh, yeah. of off of, uh, off of uh, her scent because she's got her own thing going on, where yeah, in the theatrical cut, that doesn't exist. I'm going to tell you, uh, for, like, for, and for I dug William... It. For William, he cannot see the forest for the tree. No, I know. I <laughs> I'm know like, that. I know. I'm like, bro, you're looking at this one chick who's like, okay, but there's a whole bunch more. That yeah, are hot. he's got his he's got his choice, right? Um, so yeah, so it's it's uh, you know it's interesting to to know what happens later in this version of the movie. Yeah, and that sort of explains the ulterior motive as to why she's trying to shit all over Penny. Um, you know, in, in this scene, um, so Penny. <laughs> finishes off by saying uh, I need some ice and she grabs the bucket and Russell follows her um, this is scene number two in useless fucking scenes <laughs> this version <laughs> of the movie because in the in the theatrical cut 
the only part of his scene that lives and survives is her putting her coat over the door window. Yeah. And that's it. And that's all that's needed. We know what's going to happen. The whole conversation about her retiring and not retiring and even what the fuck that means, it's just, it's, it's useless to me see, anyway. As much see, as I love this movie, that was unnecessary. Me, if I was like writing this movie and like doing the soundtrack for it, I'd be like forced and shit. I'd be like, you're as cold as I yeah, Exactly. Do, 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 willing it, to sacrifice. See, that's me because I'm yeah. just corny as fuck. I, I get it. I get it. Um, so yeah, it was just, it, I don't know. It was a scene that rubbed me the wrong way. It was unnecessary completely. Um, so we are now, William is now back at home. He survived his night in LA, made it back home. Uh, and he gets a phone call and uh, it's going to change his life. So we're going to roll that clip, Joe. William Miller. This is he. William, this is Ben Fong Torres. I'm the music editor at Rolling Stone magazine. We got a couple copies of your stories from the San Diego door. Is this the same William Miller? Yes, it is. Voice of God, howling tugs, the spirit of rock and roll. This is good, solid stuff, man. Thanks. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Listen, I think you should be writing for us. Any ideas? Uh, how about Stillwater? Stillwater. Hardworking band makes good. New album out there, third. Starting to do something. Crazy. Let's do 3,000 words. We'll join the band on the road. We'll set up billing. Don't let the band pay for anything. We can only pay, let me see, 3,000 words. $700. All right, a grand. What's your background, William? Are you a journalism major? Yeah. What college? Honey, I need you to do that thing that fixes the garbage disposal. Well, I certainly know how my lady gets when you don't snap to it. Crazy. 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 Stillwater? <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> that whole call. He assumes his wife bitching at him. I know. Is this the same William Miller? Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, yes, it <laughs> is. is his voice. Yeah, it's a great call. I mean, he's he's completely blown away that, by this. And, and what you can't obviously hear in the in the clip is is Rain Wilson's character <laughs> off oh, to yeah. the side when he's saying three thousand words, and Wilson's just pointing his finger down like low, low, low ball him, low ball him, and uh, he ends up getting a thousand dollars. So I mean, yeah, fucking you know, Rain Wilson's in this. I'm like, exactly. Who's exactly. not in this fucking movie? I know it's nuts. It's nuts. Um, so yeah, William's blown away. He he immediately calls Lester up because he needs advice. He doesn't know what the hell to do at this point. Um, Lester just proceeds to trash the shit out of Rolling Stone, calls him swill merchants, but yeah. tells him he's got to do it. You, you do it. it there's, there's not even a question. You do this, you know, because um, he knows it's good for his, his swill development. Merchant. <laughs> yeah, swill merchants. That's great. Um, so William is now a rock journalist, a paid rock journalist. Um, he connects with the band, and in the next scene, he is now on the tour bus. Uh, with with the band and he's in his glory you can tell the kid is he's a kid in a candy star he's like having the best time already um he he talks to russell and try to set up a time for the interviewing russell and it doesn't go very well which is a theme in this movie um you know penny sees that and and she wants to protect william so she sort of you know she talks to him and checks on him to make sure he's okay um so their next stop is tempe arizona um they arrive at the hotel in tempe and uh, when William walks up to the desk, he's immediately identified by the, by the clerk who uh, is in his first, actually first movie role, Eric Stone Street from Modern Family, as referenced. Oh, earlier. I love that. That was like a um, fucking great, uh, I, was like, I was like, oh yeah. shit, it's fucking Cam. Exactly. And that's his first movie. That's Eric Stone Street's first movie. And I just <laughs> love the interaction because you can tell the influence that, that Elaine has over the entire world. The guy looks at William and he goes, so she's a hand, Phil. Yeah. She freaked me out. And William just mutters, I know. He goes, Tell her to stop. <laughs> and the message just reads, don't do drugs. <laughs> um, real quick before we move on, the guy who plays um, Ben Fong, um, Terry Chan, has been in fucking like literally everything. He, wasn't he in one of the Marvel? He was in one of the uh, Netflix Marvel 
uh, shows. Oh uh, yeah, Jessica Jones. Yeah, he was in Jessica Jones. Yeah, exactly. Um, yes, I, he I was also that, yeah. in twelve episodes of The Expanse. Uh, oh this. right, yes, he was. He was uh, Ping, not Ping. Um, I can't remember the guy's name, but yes, yeah, um, yeah. Price Price Chang. Oh no, yes. that's, that's Jessica Jones. No. Um, the Expanse was Prax. Praxida Men. Prax, Prax, yes, Prax, um, yeah, 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 yeah. He's also was in the show I watched for a while called Continuum. He was in 20-plus episodes of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Return. I mean, he's been, like, he was in no, the, yeah, the 100. Prolific, prolific. Um, he was in Hawaii yeah. Five-0, House of Cards. Yep. Uh, ba- the Bates Motel show that was on. I mean, the uh, Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's just been in so much. I was just, exactly. I was like, I, he's one of those guys, like, he's like that, one of those that guy guys. Yes, yeah, yeah. Right, was, he's the guy in that thing. But yeah, yes. he's like, oh yeah. yeah, that guy, you know, that yeah. guy. And like, well, I'm just surprised how much. No, shit I he's agree. Been in. And I'll tell you what, this goes, this shows you the 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 quality of Cameron Crowe, his ability to recognize even in the smaller roles the right people for the role, and people who are going to excel at the role that he gives them, because he's picking all these people that we all they're all so many of them are you know regular names in our in yeah. our and bef- thoughts every this, day. You know, he was only in like four things before yeah. this movie. Exactly, exactly. So, like, the people he picked was, like, in the beginning of their careers, and then they went on to have these, like, ridiculous careers. Yeah, yeah, yep. So, yeah. So, so while, while that's happening, while that little conversation with the desk clerk is happening, Jeff and Russell are over at the piano in the lobby, and they're having a conversation. They both got, they both got concerns uh, about bringing William on board because they know, you know, uh, the reputation of rock journalists – and they know they have to be careful, but the they dig William. Was that the enemy? The exactly. Enemy. You know, the, the, he's the enemy, but they dig him. And they, they're, also, they're also a little, you know, they, he, he's got them undressed in the sense that he's a kid. They know he's young, so they think he's a fan, and they think he's on, you know, he's on their side, so they're going to be okay. So they're basically just trying to convince themselves everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, William, <laughs> for this tour, he's rooming with the Band-Aids. He's rooming with the girls. Um, so, you know, they were all running around the room. I think a bra lands in his book or whatever yeah. at that point. Um, oh, boy is, like, totally clueless because he's too yeah, young to fuck. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so he heads over to Russell's room because Russell in the lobby had said, hey, you know, come up. We'll, we'll do, do the interview. So he heads over to the room, and um, he's, like, immediately shot down. Like, Russell is fucking rude to him through the door. Go uh, away. <laughs> Yeah, Penny comes. Penny comes to the door and uh, and and just tells him, "Hey, come to the radio station tonight. You can get you yeah. the interview." Then he's like, "Go um, away, not baiting." Not yeah, baiting. exactly. <laughs> no, definitely not baiting. Being baited. Um, <laughs> so baited. Exactly. So the next scene uh, is also a uh, a bootleg cut only scene, uh, the radio station interview, but it is. A priceless scene. It's, oh, it's, it's so fucking good. funny. Hold on a second, uh, Doug. You just invented yeah. our next piece of uh, MOTCU merchandise. What's that? It's, it's a hotel door hanger. One side says, "One side says uh, being baited," and the other <laughs> side says, baited. "Go away." But go like away. in big letters that say "Go away." Either way, on either yeah. side. Both yeah, both sides say "Go away." One side being baited, other side baiting. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, yeah, we're definitely getting that up on the Etsy site. <laughs> Etsy, yeah, I mean, Threadless. Exactly. <laughs> which, yeah, Etsy, which Threadless, plug, whatever. Uh, what is it, yeah. Threadless.com, Art of Eric Bone? How is it? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. We'll, All right. We'll, yeah. we'll work on that one. That's great. I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, get, get your Masters of the Cinematic Universe t-shirts in there. Yes, please do. I wore mine down in New York on Saturday when I was down there. So Nice. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, so so the, the band has to go down to the radio station for an interview. They're going to play some of their music because the, the concert's the next night. Um, we meet the radio DJ who is played by uh, Kyle Gass. I mean, if you know <laughs> Tenacious D, you know Jack Black, you know Kyle Gass. Um, he, he pretty much plays himself, a very high stone version of himself, but you know that's what Kyle does, and he's great at it. Uh, he's so stoned that he falls asleep while he's interviewing the band. <laughs> Yeah, he, he did his best will during Tombstone impersonation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. He was out. He was out for it. And the, the boys take advantage of this because um, they can say whatever they want. Like, yeah. you know, there's no delay button or anything. So they start off like, you know, Jeff sort of kind of blows smoke up, up uh, Russell's ass, but then he just lets loose. They start going at each other like fucking oh, it's cats. It's crazy. Yeah, it's great. It's fantastic. Um, 
you know, and then at the end of it all, um, you know, the DJ wakes back up and goes, oh, I think that went well. <laughs> you know, so it's a, Until it's he gets def- some FCC fines and that in a couple yeah, weeks. Exactly. It's definitely a funny scene. Um, <laughs> another funny scene that jumps right into after that is back at the hotel, Sapphire, uh, who's played by Feruza Balk, yeah, who, who's Vicky in the Valancourt. Waterboy and the Craft and a bunch of stuff. Mm, um, yeah. I love, I've always liked her. I've always yeah. liked her in anything she does. Um, she's a smart ass and a tough cookie. And oh man, Imagine she's got a quirky William look, but yeah. And having a her and Anna Paquin sandwich, Fuck. right? Oh, God damn it, William! Why are you like worried about wow. Penny Lane? I mean, right you got gutter. so much better. Yep. Um, but she uh, she answers the phone in the in the hotel room, and it's Elaine, and you know, check, calling a checkup on William, and <laughs> she starts the conversation off as is, is this Marianne with the pot? Yeah. <laughs> Which is not the right answer for Elaine. No. Um, she I goes just wanted on, Elaine to say, that girl is the devil. I know. Yeah, that would have been good. Um, you know, so, yeah, so Sapphire goes on to explain how, you know, Elaine should be proud because her boy has grown up so well. He's, he's well-mannered and he's respectful and all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. And it's just not going over. So she ends the conversation with, oh, this is the maid, by the way. Click and she hangs yeah. up the phone. Um, <laughs> But yeah, the only message, the message she, that Elaine wants uh, them to pass on, uh, Sapphire to pass on, is I know what's going on. <laughs> so, um, we are now. Bitch, you don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. William's we kind are. Of a pussy. <laughs> We're down at the pool now. Um, this is also an extended scene that's too long. It doesn't. It, it, the theatrical versions uh, of this scene is much, much, you know more compact and, and well-crafted, but, um, you know, William, he, he finally, he finally pins down Russell, uh, what he, th- or he thinks he finally pins down Russell for the interview. And, uh, we're going to play a clip and we'll, you know, hear what goes on. Russell. So what is it you love about music? <laughs> Shut that thing off for a second and I'll tell you the truth. All right. Look, uh, I trust you, so I'm just gonna lay this right on. Just make us look cool. <laughs> I will quote you warmly and accurately. Well, that's what I'm worried about. You see, some of us, we got girlfriends back home, you know? Some of us have wives. And some of the people that you meet on the road are really amazing people. Like you. Yeah, but some of the stuff that happens, it's good for a few people to know about as opposed to say, a million people. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah. I see you're dangerous. You see everything. Most people, they're just waiting to talk. But you listen. See, I grew up with these guys. But I can't play all that I can play. Past them as musicians. But the more popular we get, the bigger their houses get, the more responsibilities, the pressure, you know. Harder it gets for me to walk out on them. Then you forget, forget what it's like to be a fan. You hear it in in bands all the time. It doesn't sound like music anymore, you know? It sounds like lifestyle maintenance or something. Lifestyle maintenance. (laughs) I used to be able to hear sounds of the world, everything. To me, it sounded like music. And now I don't hear it, no, anymore. But do you understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah. I am telling secrets to the one guy you don't tell secrets to. No, 
No, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll do the interview tomorrow. Okay. Okay. So tonight it's, huh, friends. <laughs> right. We trust you. Woo, play free bird! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why fucking hearing Zeppelin or not uh, Skinner made me think play free bird. Yeah. Well, first off, I need to apologize for the length of that clip. And the reason <laughs> it's so long is because in the theatrical version, it's a minute and a half <laughs> like it should be. Never, never <laughs> apologize for it being too long. Doug. I know. I know. It, it's always nice to get the break. But Especially anyway, since the next one's super short. Yeah. But I love it because, um, you know, just the, just at the end. Let's look at me. I'm telling secrets to the one guy you don't tell secrets to. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, he, he, they both get it. They're both understanding. They're both learning. Well, put it this way. Russell understands the dynamic. William is learning the dynamic. And, and it's, it, it, he's evolving into understanding what's going on. And he sort of gets it a lot more after that conversation. So, um, But goddamn, was it long when he says, you, you get what I'm trying to say, right? I'm like, no, I don't get it. And William doesn't yeah, get it. I know exactly. It's true. It's just it's that it's that self-important cycle babble that happens when you become someone at some level of celebrity. Um, yeah, and that, and that you, whole bit about like, hey, I've surpassed these guys, but you yes. know. I, I would feel bad at this point about leaving him behind. Like that's a really uh, yeah. underhanded, shitty thing to say. Oh, he's a he's not a nice person, Russell. Russell, and you know, for most of this movie, is not a nice person. Um, he, it's funny. <laughs> think, talking about self-important celebrities who, who love to talk and not make any sense at all. He reminds me of James Franco in that sense. Um, yeah, besides, yeah. Uh, even removing this the, the shitty person that he is for other reasons that are coming out now i i listened to an interview with him uh marin uh, who was going to pop up in a minute uh the wtf with, with franco and it was an hour and a half of him just talking this metaphysical bullshit that yeah. meant that means nothing talking in circles about nothing and no and just because he's surrounded by people who yes him to death and tell him how brilliant he is yeah he's you not know? even the best franco no, exactly. Exactly. Dave's he's way the, fucking cooler. He, he's right. Cooler. Exactly. And but, Dave's I don't married wanna, to Allison Brie. Right. Fuck, man. I don't want to go off on a Franco tangent, but anyway, uh, Russell sort of reminds. No, 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 no. My fault. But no, Russell I just, reminds. I, I just thought about Dave Franco and how cool he fucking is. Oh no, I agree. And then he's got You're like, right. He's got Allison Brie on top of it all. I'm like, exactly. God, no, damn, he, lucky he bastard. He won. He won, and, yeah, and he you won. know what? He seems so cool. I'm fine with it. So, Joe, I completely get it. I just meant like. Yeah. You know, he, it, just the link between the two. So in any case, um, so yeah, so we get that conversation. And so now, more scenes that are not in the theatrical cut. This next scene of, of his interview with Larry, the bass player, which is fucking hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> so, so William interviews Larry. It's pouring rain, uh, which, you know, sets up what happens in the next scene. Um, not that it needed it. But, you know, he tries to get, he asks Larry about, you know, what chemical are you that creates still water? He keeps asking on it. He hopes Larry will expound on this. And Larry's yeah, that, only response is, bass. I'm the bass player. <laughs> I, I play That's the bass. It. I play the bass. That's it. Slop it a bass, man. So, so what, do you what, like, uh, what do you like? What do you contribute to the band? Well, yeah. the bass. The bass. <laughs> And that's the end of it. That's the depth that we get from 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 Larry. And Larry's actually the, the, I can't remember the actor's name now. Damn it! But he's a musician that's had a very solid recording career and uh, songwriting career. So I mean, you know, he 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 knows the business for real. Um, so I love, I love any movie that shits on bass players. I know yeah. it's so great. It's so it's, fun. It is good. It he's is a good. regular Chris Novoselic. <laughs> I mean, everyone knows Kurt Cobain, and everyone knows Dave Grohl. But who know. knows Chris Novoselic? Exactly. Isn't he like a mayor now or something? I think he is, yeah. Oh, shit, that's cool. I know he's in like some kind of politics. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, like he, he is definitely the forgotten member of that band. Him and Pat Smear. <laughs> oh, Pat Smear. Love him. Pat Smear. <laughs> I'm never going to call him Pat. It's going to be Pap. Pap Smear. <laughs> wow. Um all right, yeah, so he, he does that great interview with Larry the Bassist. <laughs> it went well. Um, the next scene we, we come to is the band is on stage. Um, they're, they're playing one of their songs, and Russell walks up to the microphone, and he grabs the mic, and it's not grounded, and he gets electrocuted. And oh, he God, I've done that he, before. 
he drops to the ground. Um, he does save the Les Paul, which made me so happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, whether on purpose or by accident, he fell. He didn't fall on the guitar. Uh, but yeah, that's based on a couple of different stories that I've I've read. It happened to Ace Freely and uh, somebody else. I can't remember. Uh, oh, that shit's that, happened to me before. Oh yeah. Holy <laughs> oh shit. yeah. Oh my god, it's the fucking most painful fucking thing. But it's usually yeah. when I'm like um, holding the guitar and then I touch something else metal that's not fucking in the one of the two yes. things is grounded and it shocks the shit out of you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so R- Russell R- he gets electrocuted. Um, you know, they, they pick him up, they get him off stage, uh, and then they try to leave the venue. And, you know, the band's manager, Dick, he gets into a fight with the, with the local promoter who's played by Mark Marin. Yeah. Um, and this, the clip we're about to play is, uh, will be familiar to anybody who listens to the WTF podcast that Marin does. Oh, yeah. So, uh, and I will real- say that one of the two of them has had a President Obama in their garage. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Take it easy! Lock the gates! Go through the fucking gate. Lock the gates on these fuckheads! <laughs> I love it. That first lock the gates is is uh, so. You know, if you know, you know. But Marin plays that at the beginning. That's part of his uh, opening song yeah. uh, for the WTF podcast. Um, that's how it starts. Uh, so, yeah, because it's funny. I mean, now he's you know Marin's big time now. Um, you know, but. But back in the day, you know, this role was something he just sort of stumbled into. So he was quite proud Wasn't of it. Wasn't someone else supposed to play this role originally, too? I believe so. Um, this movie has, I, I, in fact, it has so many people who were going to play other roles. I didn't even write yeah. any of it down. Because there's just a list is just a mile long of who was up for roles. I mean, uh, just real quick, Kate Hudson was actually originally up for Anita's role. For Zoe De Chanel's role, oh, yeah. role as Anita, so oh, age-wise, it make way more sense. Exactly, but there were so many, there were so many changes. But yeah, somebody, sh- I'm sure somebody was. Um, I remember like looking up all this trivia, but I'm three of these ten percent beers down already, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember a lot of the shit I was gonna say. It's all right, it's all good, man. I got you covered, buddy. Um, There's gonna be a lot more shit talking going forward. <laughs> So as the bus is driving up the ramp, Sapphire comes running up because she remembers the message. She's got to tell William. She's running next to the bus, and you know she just says, "Oh, I, I forgot to tell you, your mom called, and uh, she wanted me to give you a message. I know what's going on." <laughs> and then she runs into the wall. Whack. I know. I fucking love that. I know. <laughs> and, yep. And the the bus keeps going, and you know Dick screams out, "You want to buy a gate?" <laughs> and they crash through the gates. We just bought a gate. Um, and, and, you know, the bus takes off. Um, we are now heading to Topeka. Uh, so, you know, the gang's all on the bus. Um, Russell's still recovering from the electrocution. So it's, uh, you know, he's sort of quiet. Um, you know, William and Penny are talking more about Morocco. Uh, they're talking about problems within the band. You know, Penny more so than William can see that there's some issues starting to crop up with, with the guys in the band. And, uh, she mentions how Russell is, is her, quote, last project. Uh, she wants to get him right and, and get him to be a better person because, we, as we've just discussed, he's a pretty shit person right now. And yeah. she knows that. As much as she loves him, she knows that he's got a lot of shortcomings and she's trying to fix him. And, you know, that's pretty – it's interesting for, quote, a 16-year-old girl or person, yeah. any person at 16 – to have the wisdom to understand that, recognize it, and then look to fix it. Well, so she's, she's definitely like, wise you know, beyond her years. If he could fly, he'd pick her up and take her into the night and show her a love like she's never seen. <laughs> <laughs> never seen. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, so the next scene is now uh, William interviewing uh, Ed, uh, Ed, the drummer. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love this fucking word. Who up, who up till now hasn't said a word. And uh, he continues that trend because, uh, you know, <laughs> William asks Ed what he loves about music. And Ed sits there and you can see him. He's pondering. He's thinking real hard. Like the smoke is almost kind of out of his ears. And he just looks at William and he shrugs his shoulders and walks away. He still doesn't say anything. It's so great. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's that little part of the interview. So, so far, he's got nothing out of the two. The two I wonder, other players. Because his name is Ed Valancourt. I wonder if like they took the name Valancourt for Vicky Valancourt from him. Yeah, who knows? Maybe. Yeah. Because you know they're in the same movie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's an interesting name. 
Yes, it is. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I thought of that all of a sudden. I was right. like, I'm still on that uh, Feruza. Yes. Which, that's a weird fucking name. Oh, it's definitely, a, it's, it's, it's a unique name. There's no question about it. It's a very unique name. But you know what? She's a unique person. She, she has unique yeah. looks and a unique style. So, you know, her parents, when she was born, they knew that's the direction she was going to go in. And, you know, she's made a yeah. career of it. A very yeah. good, solid career, man. I, I dig her a lot. I definitely she's been do. She's a, a lot of good shit, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's always in something, man. And she's always good. So I, I'm going to look her up because there was something in there that I saw her and I was like, oh, shit. I was like, it's Vicky. I don't know. I always call her Vicky Valencourt yes. because <laughs> it's easier than Feruza, whatever the fuck I know. Her name I get is. it. I get uh, it. But I'm like, yeah. I'm like, damn. Every time I forget, I'm like, I forget. Balk. Her last name is Balk. That's a weird yes. ass name. Yeah. Yeah. What was it? Oh, this is going to drive me insane until I look it up here. All you right, guys look keep it up. Talking. All right. We'll keep talking. Uh, so, you know, because of the message that William got, he had, knows he has to call home. Uh, so <laughs> Elaine, you know, of course she's worried, um, uh, because of all the nonsense she knows is going on. So while he's on this payphone in the hallway at the venue, um, Penny walks up with Beth from Denver <laughs> and she introduces her, uh, who immediately starts talking about her hydroponic pot <laughs> where with, that Elaine can hear, uh, talks about William's beautiful purple aura cause she's clairvoyant and she can sense the auras. I can't read your mind or anything. She says, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and Elaine yells, you know, because she knows that William isn't listening. So she yells very loudly, I love you. And William hears her and he yells back, I love you too, or I love you. But he's staring directly at Penny, whether on purpose or not. And the girls giggle, but I mean, it's significant. It's unintentionally significant on his part because he does love her. He's in love. This is his first love. And he just spouts it, and he looks right at her and says it, even though he's talking to his mom. So it's kind of, you know, it's awkward, but but interesting. I um, like that, man. Yeah, that's a good read on that scene. Yeah, yeah it really is. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, yeah, and it's funny the way they giggle, but Penny gets it, too. You know, I, you can see it in her eyes. Um, you know, she doesn't know. She's still stuck on Russell, but, you know, she knows something's up as, as a connection. So um, we are backstage now, and yet again, <laughs> William tries to get it you know, to interview Russell, they start and he throws some rapid fire questions at Russell, but and Russell's like, wow, when did you get all professional? Because he's like, he's just going through his list of questions because he's tired of it at this point. Uh, but they get interrupted by Dick who comes in with the, the new t-shirts from the record company, oh, the band. Yeah. They're so excited about this. He cracks the, the box open and they put the sh- pull his shirt out. and <laughs> It's, it's Russell in full view and the other three members of the band basically blurred silhouettes behind him you can't even tell who they are um this immediately sets off a fucking hubbub between the 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 band members rightfully so you know um is this they what start- the data remember shirts look like? Yeah. <laughs> like like all the other guys are like in full focus and then I'm somewhere blurred out in the background. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's behind a tree. Joe's yeah. peeking out there. Banyan um, tree. Yeah, yeah. The big bang yes. nice one. Yes. Thank you. Thank you Eric, for remembering yes. the um, the most yeah. important fucking tree in the world. There you go. So it all boils down to the band being pissed at, at, at Russell, and again, rightfully so, um, because it's it's the level of Russell's celebrity at this point that's getting them. He's becoming too big for the band, and it, it all boils down to what what uh, Jeff says. <laughs> Looks at him, he yells, "Your looks have become a problem," <laughs> and uh, it's true, you know. So, um, you know, everybody's pissed off. So Russell grabs William and says, "Listen, I need to get out of here and find something real, right?" Um, as they're walking, um, they're walking and talking and, and Russell's asking William about his life. And I think this is where you find out that he lost his father to a heart attack, uh, when he was young. And, um, you know, Russell, I mean, William tells him about his sister and all that shit really quick. I don't know that Russell's even really listening to be honest with you. Um, and a van pulls up and, uh, it's just some of the kids who are at the show and, um, they ask him, the driver says, Hey, you want to come to a party? You know? Uh, it, it's at my friend Aaron's house. You know, we're just some real Topeka people. And, and Russell, like, latches onto this because he was talking about looking for something real. And they gets talking about real Topeka people. So, um, you know, they, they, what we guess is pile into the, to the, 
VW uh, van, the, the bus that they got, and they head to the party. Yeah. Um, Russell is completely into it. He's thrilled to be there. He's, he's, you know, he's given life advice to all the party cars, all these kids. They're listening, you know, hanging on with bated breath to every word he's saying. Um, he gets excited because Aaron, whose house it is, you know, asks him if he wants to see him feed a mouse to his snake. <laughs> Russell's like, yes. <laughs> you know. Um, Speaking of uh, the Tom Green movies, fucking road trip. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yes. Uh, um, I like to think that somewhere at this party in a back bedroom, Michael Sarah singing Your Eyes. Yeah. Your eyes <laughs> are crying. Your eyes have seen a lot of love, but they're mm. never going to see another one like they had in you. Exactly. That's one of the best scenes in that movie. It really um, is. I absolutely love that fucking uh, And Franco was in that scene. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was. And, uh, and uh, I can't remember the dude's name. Anyway. Um so, uh, yeah, so Russell's having a great time. He bumps in, they bump into somebody in the hall who says, hey, uh, there's acid in the beer in the red cups. <laughs> and Russell grabs the red cup right out yeah, of the kid's hands and just shit. downs the whole thing. Um, so, you know, Russell's ready to trip. He's ready to trip on acid. Um, William gets a hold of, he uses the phone, he gets a hold of Dick to let him know that Russell is okay, but that he is going to be tripping on acid. And he, he sort of asks, how do you know when it kicks in? And uh, <laughs> and then we roll this clip to find out how you know when it kicks in. He's okay. He is on acid. I I can't really tell. How do you know when it's kicked in? I am a golden god. <laughs> Stone Magazine that my last words were I'm on drugs <laughs> Russell I think we should work on those last words okay oh I got it I got it I got it I got it I got it. This is better. Last words. I dig music. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on drugs! Yeah. <laughs> Just come on down and we'll go back to the hotel. Okay. Jump! Jump! I so am yeah, a golden the god. Exactly, the acid kicked in. That's what uh, I, have, I may have yelled that at a few parties before. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I'll yell that if I wake up in the morning and my knee doesn't hurt. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, apparently that was taken from a story about Robert Plant, who is purported to have said that actually sober uh, while looking over the Sunset Strip from a hotel balcony. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Which I wouldn't put past Robert Plant. Uh, yeah, you know Robert Robert Plant. You know he he definitely has a high opinion of himself. So uh, yeah, he's a golden god. It's gotta um, fucking suck like hanging out with the dude that's banging the chick you want. <laughs> it's awful. You like, can that's see it. Gotta in, really suck. Yeah, you you can see it in in, in William's face, and Patrick Fugit does a great job of yeah. portraying that every single time. He's he's almost always distracted when Penny and and Russell are together. It's crushing him. And look, you know, dude, at fifteen, sixteen, I. I I lived that. <laughs> oh, yeah. We've all been there. I was always that guy that was looking at the girl I liked with someone else. All right? So I, I, I relate to that completely. I to mean, I wasn't day. always that guy, but I've been that guy a couple oh, no, no, times. No. All right, look. Like maybe two yes. or three times. No, I, I was. Mean, you got to see it every time you turn on a Brooke Shields movie. I, yes, exactly. Well, see, her I could have had. That's the thing. Um, no, I, I. That's what we all think. Yes. Like. I, was I always that guy? No, but I was that guy more often than not when I was 15 and 16 just because I was so damn shy. So, yeah. and look at me now, Ma. King of the world. <laughs> now you're a golden god. Exactly. I am a golden god! Exactly. So, um, 
so yeah, so Russell survives the jump into the pool. Um, just a real quick to you know keep talking about the extended cut versus the theatrical version. In the theatrical version, when he jumps off the roof, everybody immediately just jumps in the pool and they act like it's a party. Whereas in this version, they are all worried because he hasn't surfaced yet, yeah. and they're and they all sort of go in to save him. It works so much better in the, in the shorter version where he just jumps in, everybody dives in because they're having a, they're at a party, and everybody's fine. But, I don't know. I like the fact that they think he might be dead. <laughs> I guess. Um, so we're now. It's the next morning. Uh, we see the tour bus coming around the corner in the neighborhood because uh, they're coming to pick up Russell and William. Um, Russell is still tripping. <laughs> like he's not. Oh yeah. He, he he's almost back, but he ain't back totally yet. Um, you know, he he starts accusing Will, you know William of being a narc, being a cop. Look, he's taking notes with his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, he's picking flowers, and he's upset that he hurt the flowers, and Dick is trying to calm him down. And, and this is, like, the good old days when cell phones didn't exist, so you can, like, actually do shit and, like, not have proof of it existing. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, so, the you know, he Dick convinces, he talks Russell into getting on the bus, and, you know, Russell's all quiet, and, and everybody's looking at him funny. They're all, they're, they're, they're all still pissed at him in one way or another, um, you know, for, from the argument the night before. Um, but we're going to roll what I consider the quintessential, you know, clip or moment in this movie. It did wonders for the song that you'll hear uh, as far as a re-release and a, and a shoot up the, you know, a shot up the charts again. Uh, not that Elton John needs yeah, that I was assistance. Say, this, this is Elton John. He didn't really need the help. No, he didn't need it, but it definitely boosted the song and put it back in the limelight. So um, I just I have this clip in here because the song is great. The moment is great. And it is the, the moment in this movie. So roll it. Ladies and gentlemen, the evening is over. We hope you all enjoyed yourselves, and we'll see you all again in 1974. Good evening! episode it's because uh universal music group has a I know. suit i was just thinking like i, was I like, know Fuck, exactly. I hope they don't like make us pull this episode down because Man, of this that's true that's true but um i mean well, it luckily it'll only be part with... two of this episode yeah exactly exactly so i mean there's a lot to there's a lot to unpack with that scene so i think it's maybe a good time to uh let's take a break and we can start talking about it when we get back yeah, um, and while we're doing that, uh, another it made me think about another one of the acoustic songs I like to play is Your Name by Elton John. 
That's yes. Another, another one I'll play on acoustic and sing it deeply into Eric's eyes. I cannot wait for this fucking visit, guys. I'm just telling Oh, you. we got to go to Sam Ash. <laughs> we'll sit in one of those yes. acoustic rooms, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Either one, either the Lee Road one or the 50 one, it doesn't matter. But we're gonna no, steam. Good, we're gonna steam up the window. <laughs> I really wish we could go to the one in fucking Clearwater because the Clearwater is the really nice one. It All may right. be worth the drive, Doug. I might have to take you over there. All right, that's cool. I'm up for it. All right, folks, we'll be back shortly. Do you know anyone with a birthday? Get them some custom art at artofericpabone.com. Want to impress your significant other on your anniversary? Skip the wilted flowers and the dirty CVS teddy bear. Commission a custom family portrait at artofericbabone.com. Maybe you're just like me and you like unique pieces of art, celebrating your favorite films, comics, and pop culture. Head to artofericbabone.com and shop till you drop. And don't forget, MOTCU listeners get special discounted pricing on all custom art. Don't pay some cookie-cutter bullshit from Hobby Lobby. I'm pretty sure child labor was involved in that painting of a cow you just had to have. Be a hero and support local art at artofericbabone.com. 